Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Inside Sources. Uh, filling in today for Boyd Matheson, I'm Mara Carabello with Taylor Morgan. And Taylor, a new bar has been set for being popular, and that is if you, like Taylor Swift, can be quoted by most members of the U.S. Senate committee. I've, yeah. ne- I've never heard so many Taylor Swift re- references, and let me tell you why. Um, if you are following... Uh, for anyone looking to enact change at the state or federal level, you may want to take some advice from Taylor Swift fans. After Ticketmaster, many of us, I think you may have been a part of this, Taylor, but after Ticketmaster crashed in November following in an unprecedented demand for Taylor Swift concert tickets, uh, Ticketmaster experienced fury from the T-Swift fans. Um, that's we're, come- Mara, we're called Swifties. Sorry, Swifties. Yes. I'm so sorry. Yes. I, did, I did not mean to just offend. Just a correction. I apologize there. Go ahead. <laughs> and now, uh, just yesterday, the U.S. Senate held a hearing looking at the ticket sale industry and perhaps its lack of competition. So, questions that we're talking about today. Is Ticketmaster a monopoly? Is it time to break it up? What is the best Taylor Swift album? Is it 1989 or is it Lover? Yeah, I mean, these are all mixed, right? These are all interwoven conversations. Yes, hotly debated questions. Yeah. So um, we we have some great uh, audio to help guide us through with Sal Nuzzo, who is the senior vice president for the James Madison Institute. He was also one of the key witnesses to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings yesterday on Ticketmaster and whether it's a monopoly or uh, has a monopoly over the ticketing industry. He spoke to inside sources today and uh, gave his remarks about the hearing. The other people, person we're going to bring in, we won't have him live, but who also has been very vocal about this is our Utah's own Senator Mike Lee. Ah. This is a bipartisan issue, interestingly enough. And um, the questions are, you know, what is the issue and why is the U.S. Senate looking at it? Uh, so let's go back to Sal, to Sal Nuzzo. And uh, he said at a hearing yesterday was prompted by Taylor Swift's crashing of the Ticketmaster site in November. But Sal went on to say that this problem of the Ticketmaster monopoly has been building up for actually a long time. But really, the issue has been a decade in the making ever since Ticketmaster and Live Nation merged back in 2010. Uh, There were some warning signs uh, kind of put forward that that merger would allow the the merged company to leverage excessive market dominance. And over the course of the years, it's kind of borne out that way. And so, as I pointed out in my testimony, really the Taylor Swift crash was a revealing point to what happens when a monopolist is allowed to leverage power in a way that harms consumers. 
Yeah. So clearly, Ticketmaster is a monopoly. It has been uh, operating as how many would, you know, say it, it's a monopoly. I think it's so fun in a way that Taylor Swift broke Ticketmaster and may ultimately be responsible for breaking up a monopoly. I think any of our listeners who use Ticketmaster, especially those who try to get tickets for a Taylor Swift show. Did, did you try, Mara? Did you try to get tickets? I didn't try for Taylor Swift, but I have for others. And I will just say, like, I feel held hostage when you say for any users who um, use Ticketmaster. I think many of us would say, have you ever tried to not use Ticketmaster, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I, I feel like I am forced, hence monopoly yeah. that I'm forced to use Ticketmaster. That's often. right. You have no other option. Uh, Sal Nuzo went on to further explain why Ticketmaster uh, should be considered a monopoly. And one of the issues that arose in the hearing is just how much of the market share Ticketmaster actually has. They'd like to claim that they only have about 50 to 60 percent of the market. That's still a really big chunk. However, the devil's in the details on how they actually count that. It's likely that they're using every little small venue uh, in every city that they can find in order to beef up the numbers so that it appears as though their market share is less than it actually is. There are claims that they have 80 percent or more of major venues around the country, and that is absolutely the definition of a monopoly. So well said. Again, we're listening to Sal Nuzo, Senior Vice President of the James Madison Institute. Inside Sources was able to interview him this morning about being one of the witnesses to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, hearing that was that is happening about the Ticketmaster situation. Sal goes on to explain that there are several barriers to entry for t- companies wanting to compete against Ticketmaster, and those barriers have become huge hurdles. The first is the fact that the contracts for the venues are stretching out five years or more. And so in some cases, one of the venues testified that Ticketmaster was trying to lock them into a 10-year exclusive arrangement. That gives Ticketmaster unparalleled power over that venue for a period of 10 years. In addition, they're able to choke off competitors because of that fact. The other thing is because Live Nation controls talent and owns many venues as well, they're able to leverage what's called vertical integration, meaning they control the ticketing, the venue, the artist, and they're able to leverage that by way of implicit threats that if a venue doesn't utilize their ticket platform, they won't get the artists that they want at their venue. Yeah, I want to particularly feature... Uh, a quote from our own senior senator, Mike Lee, at this hearing. Again, we are uh, discussing the congressional hearing uh, looking at Ticketmaster's practices in response to the Taylor Swift uh, destruction, essentially breakdown of Ticketmaster over Taylor Swift tickets. Uh, This was my personal favorite, Mara. Uh, Senator Mike Lee uh, said in the hearing, quote, I think it's a nightmare dressed as a daydream. Wow. If you don't know, uh, (laughs) Senator Lee is uh, referencing uh, one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs, uh, of course, one of all of our favorite Taylor Swift songs. And we saw this time and time again. I want to bring this up just because I think it is fun that here we have in the United States Senate uh, a number of U.S. senators quoting Taylor Swift songs at 
a hearing, hearing testimony about Ticketmaster. It's just fun, right? Yeah, it's really fun. And I, hey, I'm going to, in the midst of a conversation we're having over and over about legislation, how to advocate, I want to point out something also that Senator Lee said. And he commented on his way in, apparently there are hundreds of Swifties um, protesting and holding up signs. But he talked about their decency and that they're smiling and that they're coming with energy and positivity. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out there for that's a terrific way to protest, right? You don't yeah. have to be grumpy. You can be uh, powerful in, in you know, advocating but having a positive point of view and really just wanting to create change. Yeah, I mean, hat is off to Taylor Swift for bringing this country together. It, it, we have bipartisan members uh, in the U.S. Senate uh, coming together. Well, listeners, stick around. We are going to continue this conversation and share more about the Ticketmaster hearing in Congress. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. There are news reports that the Justice Department has opened a new investigation into Ticketmaster's conduct. But Congress has an important role to play here as well. Yeah, that was Utah Senator Mike Lee, a U.S. Senator from Utah, Mike Lee, at the Senate's Ticketmaster hearing yesterday. He believes, as do many other senators on the Judiciary Committee, that Congress has a role to play in fostering competition and protecting consumers. So what exactly is Congress's role and what can the states do and what potentially could the Department of Justice do in this situation? Uh, Mara, in our last segment, we shared audio from uh, Sal Nuzo, uh, who is the senior vice president of the James Madison Institute. He was one of the witnesses that testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on Ticketmaster yesterday. Uh, This is all about Ticketmaster's monopoly following the Taylor Swift crash. We need to come up with a better name. uh, Something more epic. Yeah, something more epic. I mean, uh, Taylor Swift literally broke one of the the nation's largest monopolies. Well, I mean, I want to give some, you know, the tributes to Taylor Swift, but I think you know this has happened several times with major. You've had major uh, artists speak out against this. Uh, I think this was a combination of a, an incredible fan base that is actually already somewhat organized on social media in their. The Swifties, uh, in and, their and love it turns of out many Swift. members of Congress and are members Swifties. of Congress, and you have to give um, credit to the artist herself, who sort of stood up and said, "You know, I'm for this. I I'm being hurt too. This is not, you know, she's the one that pointed out it was not the artists who wanted this juggernaut, this monopoly to happen. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? The top of the this uh, this section we started out with something from Mike Lee, and so I think some of our listeners may be asking exactly. What are the roles? Um, why is Congress involved? Um, and who should be doing what? And again, as we said, Inside Sources spoke to Saul Nuzo earlier today, and Saul broke down what can be done at a state, federal, and judicial level to address the Ticketmaster monopoly. 
at the state level, state policymakers in capitals around the country are looking at various forms of legislation to protect things like ticket transferability, exclusive tying, and things along those lines. However, there's a concept called interstate commerce. Uh, if you live in one state and you buy a ticket for an event in another state, the federal government does have a role to play there. And that role could be things like a federal standard for how the industry is regulated, and, and they would be within their rights to do that. Ordinarily, an organization like the James Madison Institute would be kind of opposed to more federal regulation, but as I testified, this is one area where um, a federal standard would be more efficient than a 50-state patchwork of such. And lastly, the DOJ can bring a case uh, of violating antitrust laws that could ultimately result in the breakup of Ticketmaster or the dissolution of the merger between Ticketmaster and Live Nation. So, uh, Taylor, one of the extraordinary things that you see him alluding to is uh, the base of people who believe that that this is, in fact, a monopoly that should be busted. And you hear him saying, hey, listen, I'm from a conservative institute and I'm in favor of this. And boy, have we seen that this yeah. is an entirely bipartisan issue. You've got both sides of the aisle, both both spectrums from, you know, super conservative to super liberal agreeing that um, this is the right thing to do. So he the, again, the Swifties have done the unthinkable, <laughs> which is make it a bipartisan issue. Yeah. Well, well, Sal went on to explain exactly how lawmakers are coming together in a very bipartisan fashion, uh, you know, on Ticketmaster. It was actually mentioned by Senator Blumenthal of Connecticut that Ticketmaster seemed to have done the impossible. They kind of uh, they made Republicans and Democrats come together on an issue. So what you saw over the course of the hearing was Republicans and Democrats on the panel agreeing in principle on the issues at hand, what's responsible for those issues, who is responsible for those issues. And beginning to dive in on what is the menu of policy options that the Congress has in their toolbox. I saw a lot of agreement on the ideas of uh, greater transparency legislation on legislation or enforcement of existing laws governing how Ticketmaster combats bots and how other ticket platforms combat bots. Then in addition, you know, kind of how DOJ needs to do more enforcement of the merger and what's called the consent decree. Hmm. Now, Mara, despite the warm and fuzzies here, despite uh, Senator Mike Lee quoting Taylor Swift lyrics uh, in in a Senate judiciary hearing, uh, it's not all roses. Uh, Senators don't agree on everything. Specifically, uh, there is uh, disagreement in some debate on the specific issue of reselling. Uh, let's let's listen to Sal explain uh, the dynamic there. The only area where I saw some difference was in whether or not uh, reselling and transferability of tickets should be allowed. One senator in particular, it was Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, had indicated he was in favor of just banning ticket resale altogether. Ticketmaster is very much in favor of that because it actually gives them more power. But just about everybody else on the panel and most of the the senators uh, at the hearing 
it appeared were not in favor of that. So, I mean, there are going to be some disagreements about how it's rolled out, when it's rolled out. I want to give, though, a sense, um, again, back to the the issue of how much these two companies, Live Nation and Ticketmaster, have joined together. So if you buy a ticket and it's $45 on face value, some of that's in processing fees, but I'm going to the end game here. You paid okay. $45. Of your $45, $30 goes to Live Nation and Ticketmaster. And that's amazing So the to me. artist is only netting a, a small fraction the, eke- of the ticket fee? Yeah, Taylor Swift, she's eking out an existence, Taylor. <sighs> no, I mean, like, so, I mean, the, outrageous. Art- the artists are doing fine, but I just wanted to point out that these are largely, I mean, I, I tend to intuitively accept that, oh, they're paying this, they're paying this, they're yeah. paying this. These are, without exceptions, I mean, of the $45 on average ticket fee, and I mean, plus, let's point out the price that we're all like, oh, there's such a thing as a $45 face, right? Yeah, I usually yeah. see these inflated. Uh, so, to not, to not to derail, Mara, but I can't help but wonder why we all tolerated Ticketmaster and why we stomached these outrageous service fees for so long. Clearly, you know, it came to a head with Taylor Swift's new concert tour, but this is certainly not a new thing. Uh, Congress hasn't uh, previously taken a close look at Ticketmaster's monopoly, though the monopoly is not a new thing, right? right? They've been doing this for years. So what else is at play? Is there anything else here other than Taylor Swift? No, I mean, I think there are a number of artists who have been speaking out against this. I think you see this as part of the re um, the the rescaling of the whole entertainment industry. We saw this when we stopped buying individual CDs and we buy virtual music through servers and uh, how copyrights happen and how um, artists get their money. I mean, particularly the music industry has been going and building different contract negotiations for quite a long time, but. I think along that they sneak, you know, we sneaked up a little bit and found a monopoly that I don't know that I mean some saw coming, but boy, it's tremendous. I want I want to do one more cut because we've had yeah. such a great conversation on Inside Sources again with Saul Nuzo who testified yesterday in front of the Judiciary Committee. Finally, Saul explains what why he's watching what he's watching for at the federal level in the days ahead. At the federal level, I'd be very intrigued to see if. Um, legislation is kind of drafted or considered by the Senate that actually addresses some of the practices that were articulated by members of the panel and the witnesses as to what's happening. So the BOSS Act, preempting and creating a federal standard for transferability, uh, legislation related to uh, the tying of venues to, to the ticketing platform, so, Taylor, um, you know, I think it's good. We're, the legislature, it seems like all roads are going. Stay tuned, listeners. We have the uh, Speaker of the House, Brad Wilson, who's stepping off to give us some information. So stay tuned after the break on Inside Sources. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.